Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Uh, welcome to the uh, Living Free Show um, on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am on your dial. Uh, hi, I'm Bill, and with co-host Anne, I'd like to pay my respects to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which 3CR transmits people-powered radio. Each week on the Living Free Show, we showcase one of the many programs that assist recovery from drugs, alcohol, gambling and food addictions. Our guests share their recovery stories and highlight that shared experience saves lives. I'd like to welcome Jan to the show this afternoon. Hi, Jan. Hello, hello, Bill. Good to be here. Ah, thank you. Um, you're pretty faint. I'll turn you right up and see if that improves it. Hi, hi, Jan. Hi, I can hear you loud and. Okay. Can you hear me okay? Uh, yeah, you're you're pretty soft, but looks sounds better. Okay. Um, so Jan's a member of Alan Family Groups and is recovering with the effects of trying to cope with alcoholism in a close relative. So Jan, would you like to, um, I'll hand over to Anne and um, Anne will do an interview with you. <laughs> okay. Hi Jan, uh, welcome to the show today and thanks for coming on. Um, so uh, you're a member of Al-Anon and you're recovering from the effects of trying to cope with alcoholism in other people, not so much in yourself. Um, so we can can we go right back to the beginning of your life before alcohol was even an issue and, and can you tell us where and when you grew up? Right. Can you hear, can you hear me okay? I can, Jan, yeah, that's great. That's, yeah. good. that's great. Um thanks for asking me to come here today. Um I grew up in East Asia in the nineteen seventies and eighties. Uh pretty normal childhood until it wasn't normal anymore. <laughs> and can you tell us a little bit about that uh, change <laughs> to uh, not so normal? Um, interesting, I heard lots of people around me having memories dating back when they were three or five years old, but I could not remember anything before seven. So I thought that was very odd. And that was the time when I became aware of uh, my dad's drinking. So, yeah, don't have a cutoff time, but everything's just changed, you know. Um, yeah, that's the mark of uh, when I went to primary school, I think. We started primary school at seven years old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, and so you, so you, one of your earliest memories then is of, of um, your father drinking, is that right? Well, what sort of memories yeah, do you have from around the, the age of seven? Um... Just mom and dad, they were always kind of arguing and then dad would disappear. He would uh, go and pack up and live in his office, which is 200 meters away from where we lived. And then I remember the the shame when my classmates talked about uh, how my dad wasn't living at home. I just felt so ashamed as if I've done something wrong. Then... There's no such thing as a, a concept of alcoholism for, for a child, you know, seven years old. 
I just knew that something wasn't right at home, and the drinking, yeah, was pretty obvious. Funny enough, my dad never drank at home. He always came home completely blind, drunk, and、um, mom had to clean him, clean him up, and what have you. So, but I, I can still,、um, my nose still picks up, you know, the after breath of drinking a big bender. I can smell it, and that still triggers a lot of、um, disgust in me. Yeah, yeah I understand.、So、yep. Yeah. Yep. And what I remember was very dark. Just the, the memory you know, as a child, you probably remember the flowers, they got colors, but my memories. Are mostly in black and white. Interesting. Yep. Yep.、Um, so、uh, you mentioned、uh, shame and disgust, which are, you know they're pretty strong emotions for a child. Do you do you remember any、um, uh, methods that you had of dealing with that as a child? Did you retreat into books, or did you retreat into friendships, or how do you know? <laughs> <laughs> Been there. Yeah. I, yeah. I. Very good student, and I was very very good at sport, and had a very very close knit、um, friendship group.、Uh, on top of that, I was actually pretty violent、um, when it came to protecting others, especially the weaker、uh, friends and what ha- what have you.、Um, I didn't really learn how to deal with conflicts. You know, all I know, all I knew was violence. So. When there was a conflict, I would go out and just bash them up. Doesn't matter. It didn't matter whether you were tall, or big, bigger than me. Didn't matter. And, and underneath、so. that, was there was it a, a strong sense of injustice as well of、um, wanting to、uh, fight against make injustice?、Right. Yep. Yes, make、mm-hmm. it right. Yeah, especially when the weaker were bullied. You know, I just set set me off completely. Yep. You know, even these days, I'm pretty pissed off. And people bullied. Yep. And、uh, did you have、uh, siblings too? Yeah, I I have a younger sister. Uh huh. Um and、yeah. and so did、uh, did you perceive in your family that that you children and and your mother were the victims of of injustice within the family?、Uh, absolutely. I basically <laughs> I don't know why I stepped up and took on a mother's role to my younger sibling. Because I saw mom being weak, you know, there, there were no、uh, Al-Anon program or any family help back these days, those days, and、um, mom was a very kind-hearted Buddhist. <laughs> so、mm. she could not even kill a fly. She, she was a vegetarian all her life. So the way she, you know, coped with it was just basically hiding it、mm-hmm. from neighbors and、mm-hmm. work from relatives. So she took a lot on,、um, but in my eyes, as a child, she wasn't able to protect us. So I took on that role,、mm-hmm. you know, seven, eight, ten, a protector, a、yep. mom and my sister. Yep. Growth、yep. quickly. Yeah. Yep. And it sounds like you took that uh, protector uh, personality out into the world with you too, into school. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a double-edged sword. I mean, I'm in my fifties now. I don't see life as black and white anymore. It's it can cut and it's very useful as well. Yep. So that I survived in the、yep. world、mm-hmm. because I was 
And your academic um, and sporting talents were obviously also uh, a way of um, giving you some resilience against it. So yeah. can you talk a little bit about those and, and where that, that took you? Um, academically, um, in my country, you basically needed to get a ATA of 97 to get into any university. If you can't, you couldn't get that score, you basically you know, had to go and find a job somewhere. Um, so that's that was how competitive it was. And I got there. And the drive of um, that was to escape, to, to get myself out of that awful situation, um, the family situation. And uh, the sports, I think the sports actually saved me in, in a big way, um, made me, you know, semi-normal, you know, as a grown-up. Because the discipline and also, as you know, all the sports are good for you physically and really kept me sane. And uh, a lot of team building, teamwork, leadership skills, I, you know, I got it from sport, mm. not from parenting, you know, mm. from my family environment at all. Yep, that's wonderful. Um, so talk a little bit more, if you can, about your teenage years then. So you, would, you spent them studying and competing in sport. What, what else? Well, I now have teenage children, right? They're, they're young adults now. I mean, late teens. I was awful. I was horrible to my mother. Uh-huh. And um, you always say, you know, you, you heard the saying, you know, you, you get uh, what you give up. So my, my kids gave me a very hard time when they were teenagers. And I just said, well, my mom did warn me because my mom said, you will never understand a mother's love until you become a mother. And that's how I got it. I was an awful teenager because I was very strong-willed. I started living by myself when I was 16 years old while going to school, cooked and uh, looked after myself. So I was very detached from my mother and um, basically thought, you know, it's me and the whole world. So I studied extremely hard and played hard. Started drinking when I was 16 years old. Got a 16. boyfriend when I was 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Drinking from 16, smoking. But I kept up with the schoolwork. Then um, it, it was, uh, I was a very angry uh, teenager uh, because I started to see the traits that I despised in my dad like the binge drinking, smoking, and being very strong, very domineering, all these traits. So I wasn't, you know, very um, soft and popular kind teenager. Only made probably, you know, a few friends, and they are still my friends now. Mm-hmm. Um, before <laughs> they saw something in me. And, and do yeah. you think that's just to do with you just having a similar personality to your dad and being a different kind of person to your mother? Yeah, I don't know how you can tell that. And I mean, just mm. um, um, I was my dad's golden child. He wanted a boy, mm-hmm. and I turned out not to be a good. I mean, a daughter came along, but he treated me like a boy, mm-hmm. and he was immensely pr- proud of me for my achievements. Mm-hmm. And we we were so close. Mm-hmm. I think that also because we were so close, it hurt a lot. Yep. So, okay. yeah, I didn't speak to 
for 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, and he passed eight years ago. That's when I realized, holy shit, you know, what I, what I have done, you know, just your own dad, even though he basically uh, caused so much hurt to my childhood. He, he was still my dad and he gave me a lot of good things. I'm super fit and I ran a marathon when I was 50 years old. I'm very fit. Um, it was just other qualities, you know, straightforward, you know, honest, authentic. And he had other qualities, but the alcohol destroyed him. Can we just leap right forward then? And, and now that you're an Al-Anon and you understand the family disease, um, just talk a little bit about how now you understand your father as a uh, person with an illness. Um, I've, I've learned so much from uh, this program. You know, I it's not like it's taught me completely new concepts, what have you. Um, the Elanon program is like a platform which holds everything together. I'm in my 50s, you know, I've, I've lived a life in different countries and worked in head education. Um, I'm a mom and I've searched since I was like early 20s for an answer to all this pain and suffering, asking why the, this was happening to me or to other people. So I, I got into religion, Christianity. I, I um, just be teaching myself, you know, philosophy, psychology. We have a YouTube gurus, right? Did all that, but nothing actually bring uh, brought everything together, made sense to me. I had these fragments of knowledge. For example, um, the the clinical view of addiction. I researched so much on it. After Eleanor understood, that's why it didn't make sense to me because the clinical approach does not include a factor, which is spirituality, right? Yep. I compare this yeah, to, I understand. I think, yep. we're, we're not just, you know, animals and humans, what have you. I do believe, you know, we're, we're spiritual beings. That's mm -hmm. why we love, we hurt, you mm -hmm. know, we connect. We have six senses, intuition, gut feel, mm -hmm. what have you. So Elon, that's what Elon did to me. You know, it's okay. There's a spirituality and it's very confronting. Mm -hmm. And um, what I learned Elon is that this substance use disorder, which we call addiction, it is an illness and it's an illness of spirit, body and mind. Yep. So if we cure someone who's sick, you wouldn't say, oh, let's, don't worry about, you know, your blood sugar, but just do this. So I, said, I, I thought we cannot ignore this spiritual uh, aspect of this illness. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. Sorry, interrupt. I thought you'd finish us interrupting. Yeah, I think that is the central... Um, in sight of the 12-step the groups, that the, it is an illness, but it does affect us at a spiritual level as well as um, emotional, physical, and mental. 
Um, so we're going to go to a break soon. Um, can we go back a little bit, though, before that and just take us up to, you talked about your yourself um, as a child and a teenager. What about your ad- early adult life? Um, how did you emerge as a young adult after your education, after your family? Oh, not very proud, I have to say. I was um, I was a train wreck, very reckless, ir- irresponsible, could not hold down a job, had an excellent degree, had two jobs lined up, but I just changed job every year and very self-destructive, could not stay in a relationship for a long time and always felt that void in me and I could not bear being you know, living by myself. I had to have a partner at all times. I just could not be alone. I felt so pathetic when I was a young adult. Um, then I came out here as in my late 20s and things started to change. Mm-hmm. The environment study and struggle to make a living took my mind off my pain, I guess, mm-hmm. for, for many years. Yep. Um, yeah, I've heard in another fellowship... Um, adult child, children of alcoholics, that we either have um, intense painful involvement or intense painful isolation. We find it hard to, to get the, the moderate middle ground with that stuff. Um, and did you find that, that the prob- this is the final question before we go to a little break, uh, did you find that, that the issues you were having at work and in relationships was to do with you not being able to let go of control and, and or trying to um, manage too much? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing, and I mean, it's like you're reading my mind 100%. I, I brought all these survival skills as a seven year old into my adulthood, and they behaved like a seven year old. And I'm not exaggerating. I was very, um, uh, how to say that? I did really well with every position because I gave everything I, I got very black and white. If you do it, you do it all the way, you have to be the best, otherwise, don't bother. Mm-hmm. So, I Really, I had a nickname, just to sum it up, I had a nickname. It was Ballbuster. Ballbuster. <laughs> BB. <laughs> Ballbuster. Okay, that just about sums it up. All right. Um, look, we'll go to a quick break, and we're just going to play a song by uh, Tracy Chapman, um, and then we'll be back in a few minutes. Thanks, Jan. No worries. Life I've always wanted I guess I'll never have I'll be working for somebody else Until I'm in my grave I'll be dreaming of A life of ease and mountains Oh, mountains of thine on the ground Have a mate I can tell to bring me anything Everyone will look at me with envy and with greed Now revel in their attention and mountains Oh mountains of oh, thanks Sweet lazy life Champagne and caviar Hope you come and find me Know who we are. Those who deserve the best in life, 
know what her money's worth. And those who saw misfortune is having mountains of nothing at birth. All they tell me, still time to save my soul. They tell me, we now saw, counts all those material Online and in cinema, Melbourne Documentary Film Festival will be running online from the 1st to the 31st of July and at Cinema Nova from the 21st to the 31st of July. Canvassing the world's best docos from South by Southwest, Tribeca and Hot Docs, as well as the best Australian content. Check out the lineup and book today at mdff.org.au or cinemanova.com.au. The Melbourne Documentary Film Festival is a 3CR supporter. Genocide here is a lot more sneaky than it is in Rwanda or other places around the world. It's one thing white fellows learnt in the last 200 years to be very sneaky about their genocide. You look at the 38 nations that were here before white settlement and then you count up the numbers that are still surviving, still out there doing their business on their country. Well, there's only 25 left, so what happened to the other 13? Let's talk about the Black GST. Genocide to be stopped, sovereignty acknowledged and treaties made. Tune in to Fire First every Wednesday from 11am till 12 midday on 3CR with Robbie Thorpe. Ah, and welcome back. Um, this is the Living Free Show on 3CR, 855 kilohertz on your AM radio dial and 3CR on digital radio. Uh, the song we heard was Mountains of Things by Tracy Chapman. 
If you would like to listen to one of our many podcasts, then you can find us on your preferred podcast platform or just Google 3CR Living Free and check out our website. You can also connect us via phone, email or Twitter. Uh, we're talking to Jan today about being in a close close relationship with alcoholics and her recovery through Al-Anon. Um, Jan, so welcome back. I was wondering if you can talk to us a little bit now about when you first realised uh, that you needed to get some help for yourself. Well, it was a very uh, traumatic experience. Um, yeah, about three years ago, one of my family members fell victim of, um, you know, drug addiction, alcohol, what have you. And um, I was trying to get help for this family member. I was searching high and low for a cure for the, you know, the illness. Tried everything. Then um, at a rehab program, um, there was an Eleanor lady and she said, you really need to go to Eleanor to get some help for yourself. So I said to her, can I get help for my loved ones? And she said, mm, yeah, just go, come have a look. So I went. My only purpose of going there at the start was to find cure for the loved ones, you know. But um, as I progressed in the program, I think it's about six months later, I just realized, hang on a second, why did I behave like this? Well, everybody else was carry on with their life with the same challenge. It's like we're both down with the cold and I was complaining like there was no tomorrow and the person next next door just carry on and going to the field and working and what have you. So I so thought, what is going on here? So I started going to a group uh, called uh, adult, adult Children, meaning that uh, the children of uh, uh, alcoholic parents, you know, we got together and started talking about childhood experiences. That's when I started to ident- identify, and I was in shock, thinking, yeah, I, I, I had that experience. I was thinking that. So slowly, 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 the Elanon program got me. It is all about, you know, start, you know, with me. And the analogy I heard was, um, you know, on the airplane, you know, put the oxygen mask on yourself first and then to help others. I was still very, very driven to help my family members, but I started looking at myself. So the short answer is I was so desperate, very suicidal, mm. not that I could not help the loved ones. Saw mm. so multiple psychologists and just didn't work. So I thought, bloody hell, I've gone through enough in my life, and this one thing would destroy me now. Mm-hmm. But the only reason, I wouldn't say the only reason, the only reason I didn't start researching how to kill myself was, you know, I have two kids. So I thought, can't do this. So my GP said, 
listen here. If you want to F up your children's life, go and kill yourself. That's the best way of doing it. Just go and do it. That's what she said to me.、Mm. She was so brave.、Mm-hmm. And yeah, then she said, go and get some help.、Mm-hmm. So, in that, in that,、um, in that. Descent, your own descent to get to that point of feeling that of wanting to kill yourself. What, what,、um, how had you been trying to solve the problem、uh, that had got, how did it get to that point? What, what were you doing that got yourself to that point? Because I couldn't do anything. What had you been trying to do though? I've been trying to, trying to be the saint. Trying be, to be the prosecutor, trying to throw money at the person, just trying to solve the problem. And in my book, <laughs> I could solve the problems, right? As a seven year old, and I was freaking 50. I've just bloody done a marathon. Why couldn't I solve this problem? And if I, I always believed, you know, if I try hard enough, I'll get what I want. And the only thing I wanted was for my family to be well. And I, you know, I was, was willing to, to work my ass off and just work day and night to achieve that outcome, but I couldn't. I couldn't. And that, that sent me to despair. And, and what's your understanding now about why someone as accomplished and determined as you couldn't? What, what's your understanding of that? Well, I give you three C's. You know, I just love all those、uh, acronyms、uh, in Eleanor, the three C's. You know, I didn't cause it, I can't control it, and I cannot cure it. I'm talking about、um, the substance use disorder. So I, I blame myself. I thought, you know, my loved ones are behaving this way because, you know, my baggage,、mm-hmm. my bullshit.、Mm-hmm. I, All this because I behave this way, they behave that way. And I was under the illusion that I could control them.、Mm. Yep. And therefore, I know the cure. I, I, seriously, I know、yep. the cure. Yep. For alcoholism, I, I have the cure. I know the cure. <laughs> I cannot cure them. It's like the,、uh, your idiom you can bring a horse to the river, but you can't make、mm. it drink. Yep. It's just an inconvenient truth. And that, <laughs> I just that that despair, that desperation, and you know, first time in my life, like there was no solution.、Mm-hmm. So I thought I just really did not want to live.、Mm-hmm. It was so painful. It was just that pain. You're listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned to hear the rest of your 3CR podcast. So,、um, you, t- you did turn up at Al Anon. So, can you take us back to that, Al- that first Al Anon meeting and, and just talk about what, what was the main message or feeling or idea that you took away from that? Um, I cried for the first six meetings. At every meeting, I was just crying. The first meeting, I cried for myself, feeling so sorry for myself. And everyone, the mood was really subdued at the meetings.、Uh, I was a newcomer, so people were so considerate. No one tried to say, poor you. I really appreciate it because the one thing I hated was other people pitying me. I hated so much.、Um, no one said that. 
So I just cried, feeling very sorry for myself. And second, third meeting, I started crying for other people because when they share their experience, I'm thinking, how did you, how could you even sit here and talk about it? And that admiration just came up, and thinking so much pain, so much worse than myself. Oh, death, you know what have you? You know, if you flirt with the bloody alcohol and drugs, the three places, right? And what are、death. they? Sanity. No, sorry, death, mental hospital, prison. Three places. So I've met people with their loved ones experiencing all three. Or one at a time, or, or whatever. So that's why I was crying. I'm thinking, how strong are you sitting here, sharing your experience? How painful, right? So I cried.、Mm-hmm. Um, then I stopped crying. I started listening from I don't know seventh meeting or something. Yeah, it was really gentle, and that was for me、um, a、uh, like a respite from my obsession of helping my loved ones、mm-hmm. when I'm. Meetings. I listened to what others had to say, so my mind was not on、um, this one person, you know,、mm-hmm. for four and a half. And how did it、um, did it help you deal with that guilt that, that you felt about have I caused this with my own stuff? Yeah, yeah, it still comes comes up, you know, but I'm not focusing on the guilt feeling anymore. It still comes up. When things are not doing so well, going、mm. so well,、mm. I still kind of, oh, oh, my fault. But I catch it really quickly、mm-hmm. these days.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the difference of working a program or not. Yes. And so, what do you understand by working the program? How, how do you work the program? Um,、uh, I'm a, a fitness fanatic. So I I draw analogy between getting fit and、uh, doing the Elanon program. You know,、um, it, you know, as you know, Elanon program is a twelve step program. You know, we we do the same twelve steps as in AA and and A.、Um, so for me, it's like you show up at the gym and say, "Hey, give me a training program." <laughs> so yeah, thank you very much. I love it. It's great. It works. Then you walk away. Then you come back next week and say, "Look at the program. Read it." And walk away. I don't think you'll you'll be putting on six packs soon. So for me, the twelve step program is for you to actually work, not just read. And by working, I mean when shit hits the fan. Doesn't matter big or small. I catch it when I when, when my heart sinks these days. I know something's disturbing me. I don't go to figure out what it is. I I actually pray. <laughs> You know, I just say, please help me. So I don't go into the mode of, oh, let's firefight. You know, be a firefighter, solve the problem. The reaction, I don't. I actually sit back, I pull back a little bit,、mm-hmm. and breathe.、Mm-hmm. So it gives me the tools. Then, you know, Elanor is not magic wand cures everything. Life still happens. Lots of challenges, big or small. Not, not, nothing, nothing changes outside me. What changes inside me? How I see it? How、mm-hmm. I deal with it?、Mm-hmm. So the way I work my、uh, program is that I, I go to meetings. This is where people share their experience, strength, and hope. And I read the lots of literatures I could read regarding to Elanon, mostly based on members' real life experiences,、mm-hmm. which is I cannot believe that I'm so blessed having you know having that、um, 
uh, fellowship. Um, also, spending time by myself in the nature, walking. You know, I'm not good at meditating, but I'm good at taking my mind's uh, mind off my mind, because I figured lots of troubles I created in my head, I cooked it all up in my own head. So if I can distract myself from thinking and go into nature or in training, you relax and just let things go by. And mm -hmm. lots of dramas and disasters and fires, I didn't need to do anything. I sat through quite a few of these and they just worked themselves out. Is it asking too much of you to try and remember some fire that you consciously decided not to put out and what the outcome was, or is that putting you on the spot? Um, I, I can talk about it. It's about money, mm -hmm. for example. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the person who asked for money, you know, was working and, but I was used to, you know, getting money off me. <laughs> and then the same story is, you know, oh, you know, if you don't lend me any money, you know, I'll be kicked out, you know. Blah, 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 wouldn't have money to get to work or just all this excuse, excuse. Then, then I thought, hang on, I just did a quick calculation of how much money was made and how much should be spent and normal person would spend and I said, not pay me back the previous debt first and sat through it and guess what? The person got off their ass and <laughs> uh, went for a full-time job. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Miraculously, yeah. job offers. Oh. I've done that one too. It seems so obvious in hindsight. Uh, um, all right, we're um, up to time for another little break. So um, Bill has got another song for, for us, and it's from The Whirling Furfies. And it's called Sometimes She Hates Me. Enjoy. <laughs> Thanks, Sometimes she hates me And sometimes she loves me I suppose I'm the same Hot and cold, sun and rain But sometimes Our timing Is perfect She was the wind in my sail I was the ship on her sea When I sailed into a harbor We were both 23 We had a girl Then she got a brother Then she got another I did not march out to war There's no war to be fought here Only bills to be paid And things to be bought here I am not a hero I am not a deserter I never hurt her
In between paying bills and working the shift and washing those nappies, we came adrift. We don't fight much, we don't talk much, we don't touch much. Sometimes she hates me, sometimes she loves me. Oh, I suppose I'm the same. Hot and cold, sun and rain. But sometimes, our timing is perfect. I'm making a list, yeah, and I'm checking it twice. Got the wine, got the flowers, got the table ties, and if all goes to plan, and set our tongues free tonight, she'll love me. Join Free Palestine Melbourne in remembering the Nakba at a vigil at the State Library at 12 midday on Sunday the 15th of May. Nakba means catastrophe in Arabic and commemorates the displacement and ethnic cleansing of more than 700,000 Palestinians from their homes to create the State of Israel in 1948. The Nakba continues with refugees from 1948 still living in refugee camps and more Palestinians being displaced as Israeli settlements continue to be built on stolen Palestinian land. The event will include naming and acknowledging many of the towns and villages destroyed by Israel. Nakba Day Vigil, midday, Sunday, the 15th of May, on the steps of the State Library of Victoria. Free Palestine Melbourne is a 3CR supporter. Words out. Freedom of species has hit the airwaves. Tune in for debates and updates on both local and international animal protection news and events and learn about how you can live a cruelty-free, sustainable lifestyle. News, views and non-leather shoes. That's Freedom of Species, 1pm Sundays on 3CR. Authorised by the last few remaining kangaroos, Canberra. This is the Living Free Show on 3CR Digital Radio, live streaming on 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming 
And we're talking with Jan today about recovery from the effects of other people's drinking with the help of Al-Anon family groups. Welcome back, Jan. Um, you were telling you. us before um, that you finally got to Al-Anon after, um, I think, admitting defeat <laughs> because uh, you, you realised you can't couldn't control or cure um, alcoholism in somebody else. Um, would I be able to get you to just describe the Al-Anon program as best you can? What is it? I know that's a bit theoretical rather than lived experience, but see how you go. Yeah, I'll try. I'm kind of a newbie, been in the program for three years. Um, I will tell you what, I will say what I like about it because I, I don't have uh, like 10 years, 20 years under, under my belt to give you a comprehensive assessment. I'll just tell you how I feel about it. Um, it is a very respectful program. There's no pushing, pulling, forcing. And I also appreciate the anonymity principle of the program because at the meetings we share very, very private uh, experience. And the last thing you want is you know, it becomes the, t the talk of the town next day. And uh, I felt safe in a space. I don't feel judged. And uh, when I shared my experience, I I get the nods all the time. So that's that really blow my mind. How how can people understand how because we all had the same experience being affected by the family disease of alcoholism? That's why they get it. Um, also, the, the gentleness of the program. This is a lot uh, uh, more gentle than your PT or whatever training regime. Um, work the steps at, at your own pace. There's no competition, you know, oh my God, I've done step 12 in one month. There's nothing like that. And also the love, you know, and the kindness from the fellow members from all walks of life, backgrounds. It's so gentle and tolerant. Um, lastly, I want to say the system, you know, is so well organized. The steps makes, you know, make perfect sense. It's like a workbook. You do this and this. It makes sense. Nothing's random. It just makes perfect sense. You know, it just, as I said, it scooped up all the knowledge I've accumulated in my life and put into a framework for me. And it's so simple. You know, I have my daily readings, two little books, you know, one day at a time, and also a courage to change, two little books. I read every day. And I, in the mornings I write, you know, after reflection, then I start my day. When I skip a day, my day feels different. I just felt, it felt uh, a bit off-centered, less sure. Mm -hmm. um, also, uh, the, the, the concept of God and higher power, you know, these two words threw lots of people off, especially newcomers. I felt really weird. Higher power, higher power, thinking, is this science fiction or something, higher power? You know, all the superhero movies. That's what I had, mental image. Then they talk about God. I thought, is it a Christian God, a white-bearded guy sitting in heaven? Is his name Zeus or whatever. It's just really weird. But this is how gentle the program is. You know, the old um, old timer said, 
don't worry. The group can be your higher power. It's any power bigger, greater than you. I thought that's easy. Nature, <laughs> the universe. So I use the universe instead of God and higher power until I got it.、Hmm. So I still cannot actually who my higher power is and what it is. It's such a personal thing. You know, whatever works. You know, that's right. To, for you, you just that, that. That's it. So that spiritual concept of Elanon, higher power, God, the gentleness of the members, the、um, systemic study of the steps, the commitment on my own part, and you throw them all together like cooking a really nice pumpkin soup. It tastes really good. <laughs> my life is manageable. I, I have to say, my life is manageable.、Um, there are times. Aspects of my life are unmanageable, but it does not sink the ship. I'm still、mm. afloat, right?、Mm-hmm. I wouldn't just go back to this ditch of depression. You know,、mm. I don't. I feel blue. Then I'll call someone. Oh, I forgot to mention there's a sponsorship as well、mm-hmm. in the program.、Mm-hmm. And old and and even this is funny. It's like they can't just say, "Okay, I want to be a sponsor." No, has to. The person requests an older old timer say, "Can you sponsor me?" Based on the respect and、um, the connection,、mm-hmm. and the sponsor does not have a whip either, and the sponsor does not give advice either. So it's、uh, until you do it, it kind of sounds weird.、Mm-hmm. Uh, but from personal experience, it just gives me a lot of freedom and room to to do my own way, because the last thing you want to do, to do to me. Yes, is try to control me.、Yep. If you, you want to try to control me,、yep. I'll run across the way. Yep, because you're you've you've a you're a strong personality, but you've also had plenty of training in control. <laughs> so you're not going to be out controlled. <laughs> I, <don't want> control. <laughs> I want to control,、yep. but I do not want controlled. Yep.、Um, can you talk about that control business? Um, because that's so central to to us as、mm-hmm. Alanon members.、Um, what、uh, experiences have you had where you've Let go of control.、Uh, you talked about the money one before, and found that everything was fine. That you didn't need to control it. Have you got any other experiences like that? Oh, just so many. It's like happens on a daily basis. I'm not exaggerating because I'm such a control freak, <laughs> right? So letting go is、uh, is more more and more often.、I'll、give you an example. I skipped a、um, a commitment. Tuesday night, and because it was my mom's anniversary,、uh, who passed last year, and I, I can't believe I forgot. Then my lovely husband、uh, reminded me, so I quickly told my group I wasn't showing up. Then I spent two hours talking to my sister, and guess what? Next day I felt so guilty because I didn't show up to my group in the last minute, and then all these thoughts started swimming swimming in my head. It's all、oh, they, they're going to say. She's hopeless. She can't be trusted. You know, she's not reliable. I was like, hang on a second, hang on a second. Okay, let people judge. Let people think. It is not my business. My business is inside me. It's my business. It still bothered me though. So I st- start writing and started reading my daily readings. And I said, God, please just remove this. Just it's really annoying. I don't want to feel like this. 
and no joke, no joking. Ding! That's a text message. Yeah, from you know that group. Um, this lady I really respected, and she said, "I'm so happy for you spending two hours talking to your sister." <laughs> so no one and was judging you for no one. It's just insanity how 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 we judge ourselves so harshly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that's when letting go. How did I let go? I didn't write another text message or call them to explain myself. <laughs> I would right. have in the past. <laughs> so I just let go. Yeah. Let people judge if they want to. Yeah. But please help me. I don't want to feel so anxious. Yep. And there's a text message. Mm-hmm. And what about resentment? <laughs> There's another another uh, problem that we often have. Again, it, you know that that uh, dislike of injustice, and and that can often have the the, the other uh, side I, I of think, resentment. I think, I think, Sorry to talk over you because I'm so excited to talk about resentment. <laughs> I reckon I've cracked a code of resentment. Um, the way I see resentment, you know, I, I like the analogy of a coin. You know, every coin got two sides. So on one side is resentment. You flip over, guess what it is on the other side. Have a guess. Um, uh... Uh, I would say uh, someone who who believes in justice or strength nope. or, okay, what? Expectation. Oh, expectations. Okay, yep, yep. So Didn't resentment's say... an unfulfilled expectation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or premeditated expectations, mm-hmm. uh, resentment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how it worked in my head. I, I just got it one day sitting in a meeting. That's another thing about Eleanor meetings. It was, I will sit there, sit there. When someone says something, you're just like, penny dropped. Mm-hmm. Oh, because of this. So that's how I got the resentment. So for me to, to, to deal with the resentment or no resentment, I dial down my expectations in mm-hmm. general. Mm-hmm. I just expect my husband will not do the dishes right. correctly. <laughs> so, so he came up with a term calling it preliminary cleaning. <laughs> they have no resentment because it's preliminary. I do the final cleaning, right? Oh, so he stacks no it up and you wash it? <laughs> yeah, or I wash it again if it's dirty. <laughs> okay. Because it's preliminary, right? It's preliminary. It's not yep. final. You know, like it's a draft. Yep. It's a draft. It's not my final. Yep. It's a draft. You're allowed to correct, correct it. So that's how I got it. So I dialed down my expectations. And in terms of expectations of your children, you know, as 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 a as a mother, you want the best for your children. I think that the area I benefited most through the Elon program is my relationship with my children, mm-hmm. and also with my husband. Um, expectations. I put a lot of expectations on my kids as they grow up, mm-hmm. based on my experience. Mm-hmm. You have to have a university degree, have a good job, then you'll make it in life. Says who? Says me. No, 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 it's not good enough. You've got to go to top universities, Monash and Melbourne. Other unis do not count. Just that arrogance. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and pushing them down on them. They just rebel. They didn't like it. They had their own ideas. Yep. So, and how have you no, managed to lower your expectations of them? Because that's harder with your children, isn't it? Um. This education took a lot of education in Elamong uh, and other readings I do. I follow quite a few um, 
the philosophers and psychologists just am I allowed to name them? Yes, yep, yep. Like uh, Alan Watts, mm-hmm. he's a, a, a philosophy and a philosopher, and also um, Jordan Peterson, oh, yes. psychologist. Yeah. 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 So I follow these two. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned that uh, also in the Elon literature, they have all these wisdoms. That yeah. is what blow my mind. How how come you borrow all this from <laughs> all my my you know, gurus? You know. Yeah. But this is universal um, wisdom. That's right. That's right. There's nothing new. Elon literature. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So in, in the studies, I've learned that the my my way of loving my children or anyone. Number one, respect. Give them the dignity of living their life the way they want to. If I come in and say, you go to uni, you get married, do this, you buy that, I'm arrogant. I'm not being respectful. Mm-hmm. Sounds very easy to say, but it's hard to do. Yep. Because we're all based on our own experience and then make judgments on yep. the future. Mm-hmm. So I learned dignity. As soon as I saw that word, that just did something to me. I thought, well, I want to respect my children. Yep. My children are not disabled. They are smart. Yep. <laughs> they can do this. Yep. So just let them do it yep. and just be here. Mm-hmm. Help them. They ask me. They constantly help. I write this resumes for them yep. because I'm good at it. Yep. I do lots of things for them. I manage their money because I'm good at it. They say, Mom, here's the saving. Mm-hmm. Here. Mm-hmm. I trust you. Yep. So this kind of thing I do when I ask. The second thing I realize is that how little I know, the more I study, the more I read, yep. the more work I do in the program, the less I know. Yep. How do I know? How do I know what's good for my children? How do I know what's good for me? How do I know what's going to happen next hour? Yeah, because <laughs> you're not God. So. <laughs> because I'm not God. No one knows. Yep. So how, who gives me the right to, to be... To, to make myself a goddess and tell everyone what to do. And that's what really, really humbled me. So I don't know. So sort it out. So you got much less to do. Oh, yeah. I um, got a lot to do with myself instead of yep. meddling in other people's businesses. Perfect ending for our show. So I'm just going to um, – we're just about to wind up. So – if you would like to find out more about Al-Anon Family Groups, then you can phone them on 1300 252 666 or go online at alanon.org.au. Next week, uh, Bill has someone from Gamblers Anonymous. Who, who have you got next week, Bill? Uh, Renee. Renee from Gamblers Anonymous to talk about recovery from gambling addiction. So I hope that you'll be able to join us then with Bill in the interview chair. Um, so that's all we've got time for. I'd like to thank Jan for... Uh, her recovery, sharing a recovery story with us and talking about how the 12-step program of Al-Anon helped her. So thank you very much for coming in, Jane. Thanks, Anne. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for asking me to be here today. Uh, coming up next, we have Balanoir, the Spirit of War, hosted by Uncle, Uncle Tan- Talgium, Choco Edwards. Join Uncle Choco in the Spirit of War on a journey of belonging and movement through sing-alongs and yarns. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and stay tuned now for more Radical Radio on 3CR. And Bill will announce the song that he's got to take us out with. Ah, yes. To take us out, we've got uh, The Sweet Life by Catherine Tracos. I want to love her, but I don't want the trouble. 
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.